The year is 2002 and the beauty from Bullerbyn get a phone call from Estonia. A few days before the national pre-selection if she can sing the song Runaway. The answer was yes and as we all know she crushed it. But this wasn't the first time we saw her on the Eurovision stage. My name is as always Emma Löfström and you are listening to Eurovision Legends. <laughs> Anna, or do you want me to call you your stage name, Saline? Hi, Emil. It's so nice to be a guest of this pod. I'm very honored to be called a Eurovision legend. I have to say that, first of all. And then to answer your question, actually, my stage name for a lot of years was Saline, which is my last name. But my full name is Anna Saline. And you know what? I grew a little bit tired of being called my last name all the time. So I did add Anna to my stage name, which is my real name. So please call me Anna Saline. Lovely. And today we're going to talk in 45 minutes about Börre. Börre! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I had oh, to say yeah. that because yeah. my best friend is from a place called Börre. Yeah, and I, I know it never... is a Börre. <laughs> And I have to ask you, is Börde in Helsingland? Or no, is it so- Börde no. is in Dalsland. In Dalsland. Now we're talking about something that nobody knows about. I was in this crazy reality show called The Farm in Sweden. I guess that's what you're referring to, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We were supposed to make jewelry out of small tin threads. And, and it's, it's an old kind of craft. And I totally, I suck at that. So I made something really ugly and it turned out to be an earring that looked like a tit. And I call it a bird. And uh, yeah, for you who are non-Swedes, I guess you might have a hard time relate to that word, but it sounds like something very country-ish. Yeah. And, yeah. And you have to Google it because it was hilarious. Yeah. But we are going to talk about Eurovision today. And yes, I know that your first attempt to mm. Eurovision was in 99. Both yes and no. The, the, the thing is, I wouldn't really call it, call it an attempt because an attempt is when you really take a decision about, oh, this is something I really want to do. Um, the truth is that I got asked to sing a couple of demos made by the fantastic songwriter Anders Danvik. And one was Stjärna på himmelen that Drömhus made famous. And the other one was a very beautiful ballad which is called Jag kan se dig. And honestly, I wasn't a Eurovision fan at the time. So when Stjärna på himmelen uh, made it to the Swedish Melody Festivalen, I actually turned it down because first of all I didn't think it was totally my genre I did want to sing the ballad Jag kan se dig but my record label at the time said no but yes it could have been a chance for me definitely but I did ask to be a background singer so I I was backing up both Drömhus and Charlotte Nilsson in uh, Take Me to Your Heaven And it was very exciting and also a bit nervous because they ended up in the first and the second place. And I was actually sitting with Drömhus. 
So when they announced that Take Me to Your Heaven was going to win, I had to change. I had to change outfit in like two seconds and run up on stage. Yeah, and she was the front runner to win. So maybe that mm. was because you, you, sat, mm. you sit with her. But yeah. can't we play your version <laughs> of Stjärna på Himlen? Because I think it's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Of, of course, I have to be generous enough to do that. Also, I would like to add, this is a demo, so this is not a finished vocals, and this version was not supposed to be played to the public, but it's been like over 20 years, so please play it, <laughs> because I haven't heard it in a very long time. Jerusalem in 99 and tell us what happened there except that the guy's skin looked like the crab Sebastian in the little mermaid on stage <laughs> when you say the guy what guy do you mean I mean Gabriel Fush. yeah I know Gabriel oh, that was crazy oh man the thing is it was in Jerusalem and it was extremely hot and this is 20 years ago people weren't so concerned about sunscreen And Gabriel, my dear friend, he was totally barbecuing himself at the pool every day without sunscreen. And I could see his skin turn purple. And I was like, Gabriel, don't you think you should be you know, a little bit in the, in the shadow? Because, you know, you're blonde, you're Swedish. And he's like, no, you know what, Anna? I never get burned. I just get tanned. I'm like, okay, whatever. And the day after, <laughs> he was knocking on my hotel room door and he had a baseball cap on and he had his, his chin turned down. So first I couldn't see him. And he said, Anna, it's been a disaster. And I'm like, what's up? And then he turned his face up and for real, his skin was falling off in big chunks. It was like the movie Face Off. It didn't. It didn't have a face. I don't remember if it was the day before or the actual day of the of the final. Ah, oh, it was a mess, and and they had to add pancake to his burnt skin. I tell you, it was like second degree burn. Sweden won Eurovision '99. 
surprised? Both yes and no. I mean, in Sweden, we always tend to hype our own entries,、yeah. like Swedish media every year. So personally, I've been、uh, categorized as a favorite to win Melodi Festivalen when I didn't even make it to the second chance. So, so I know everything can happen. But in a way, I wasn't surprised at all because I think it was a really strong song, and it was flirting with the whole Abba Schlager thing. And and Charlotte was fabulous in her little sprayed body suit <laughs> <laughs> and her makeup that was taken from RuPaul's Drag Race, which I love, which I love. I adore RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, Matthias Staffsing must have been in the makeup with her for three hours, I guess. Yeah,、uh, probably. You won, and、yes. on the stage,、mm-hmm. we all remember <laughs> that. The old winner, Dana International. Oh, Dana, Dana I love her. Can't、yes. you take us back to this? Oh my God, it was. We're talking about this two-meter-long vixen. She's going with great dignity, holding the prize that she's going to hand over to Charlotte Perelli. And when one of the songwriters, an older man or a middle-aged, round-side, short, and his name is Yacht. And yet, was going to help Donna International handing over the prize to Charlotte. And what happened? He stepped on her dress. That's how I remember it. So she fell, and he fell. And stupid as he was, he was bringing red wine to the stage, which came all over Donna's dress. So it was kind of a historical moment in the wrong way, so to say. <laughs> And I, I felt so sorry for her. I didn't feel sorry for Jack because he was making a fool out of the whole team. That's how I thought about it. But I guess, I guess he couldn't help it. The year after, the delegation from Malta were so impressed with you、mm-hmm. and the others in the choir behind Charlotte that they wanted the same team for themselves in the year after. Here, how was it to sing for Malta in 2000? It was fun. She was a lovely lady, Claudette Pace. By then, I was combining both being a session singer and a solo artist. I had hadn't really had a break as a solo artist yet. I mean, I had been releasing a few singles, singles and stuff like that. Do you remember anything special that happened in Stockholm? Well, I remember that I got a crush on one of the Norwegian background singers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Hover Hover Gritting. The thing is, I was already in a relationship, so I couldn't really, you know, I, I probably would have made a move on him if I wasn't already together with my dear husband, who I am with now. But he he made an impression on me. Oh, <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> We go to Estonia、mm? in two thousand and two. Tell me, how did Runaway come to you? Oh, this is quite a story. I mean, I will tell you that.、Um, I will try to make it short, but I have to still try to tell you the whole story because because it's one of those times when you take a leap of faith. And it actually pays off. Prior to Runaway, I I was in a situation that wasn't very good. I had been working on my own solo album 
for a year and I had been working with prominent songwriters from, from the United States and I had a big deal that was going to make me like a European superstar. That was the aim. Anyway, this was just when all the big when the record industry crashed. So what happened was just when I was going to re release the album, the record label went bankruptcy. But I was still stuck in an old contract, so I actually lost the rights to my own music, which was very depressing. Oh. So I felt a bit, a bit jaded, and God, is this for me? Anyway, so I got a phone call nine o'clock one evening, and it was a Swedish publisher. And uh, he said, hi, Anna, we don't know each other, but I got your name recommended to me, and I've heard that you're a strong pop singer. And the thing is, I'm representing a couple of songwriters from Estonia, and they have their national, uh, their national Eurovision... Um, Pre-selection. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow in Estonia. And I was like, tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, he said. And our, our artist, which actually was Ines. You give me wings and reason why. She, she doesn't want to do it. She, she feels that the expectations on her are too high. And the song is really good. He said, okay. And, and I still didn't understand that he wanted me to be the lead singer. I thought, you know, that he wanted a strong backup singer to help, like a nervous lead singer. But he said, no, we're actually looking for the lead singer. And I said, but how come? I've, I've never been, I've never even been to Estonia. Isn't this for Estonian artists? And then he said, it, it says in the rules that it's just about the songwriters. So, I mean, technically, you could actually go there. First, I thought, Estonian Schlager, how good could that be? So I had a bit of prejudice <laughs> about it. But then I felt like, no, Anna, you can't think like that. That's not, not a good way of life, you know, turning stuff down before you gave given it a chance. So instead of just saying no, I said, okay, so please send me the song. And this was before fast internet. So... I had an old and bad laptop and he sent it through the modem. I didn't get it until 12 o'clock in the, in the night. And I only heard one and a half minute of the song. I didn't hear the bridge and the modulation and out because that was all my crappy modem could bear. And I heard it through the, through the small speakers, but it sounded pretty good. And I asked my husband, who was then my boyfriend, I, and I said, what do you think? He said, ah, it's not that bad. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. Nobody's going to find out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought winning was not even an option since I never heard the song. And so I thought, you know, probably I, I won't have time to learn it the way I want it. But hell, I'll do it. It's, it's an adventure. So I, I made up my mind 1.30 in the morning and I said, okay, I'll do it. What do I have to do? He said, you have to go to the airport in four hours. Can you pay for the ticket yourself? And I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I said, and then you will be picked up by the producer and you will go directly to dress rehearsal. I got there and I did get picked up by the producer and songwriter, Alar Kotkas. And he was very quiet. He didn't say much. I thought he hated me. <laughs> <laughs> and when I came to the Estonian television station, and then I heard the song for the first time. And there was also a stylist there. I'm like, yeah, okay, I got clothes. That's good. <laughs> but I said, you know what? I need cue cards because there's not a chance that I can learn the lyrics 
especially not on the bridge, since I just heard it like a couple of times. So they wrote the lyrics on cardboard. And what happened when I was actually performing the song? They held them upside down, <laughs> which made me look crazy. It made me look like I was on some kind of drug. And they actually wrote the next day about my big eyes <laughs> that was staring. But I, I pulled it through. It wasn't the best performance I've ever made, I gotta admit. But something must have gone through to people's hearts since I actually won. Just run away to the stars. Just run away till you're high enough. I will be waiting above. I'll make it happen, I try so hard. Which was such an extreme shock. So that's the story. That's how I ended up in Estilaul. Tallinn was the host city mm. for Eurovision mm. 2002. Uh, yes. Can you share some tidbits from behind the scenes? Estonia is a small country and we had a very small delegation. It was just, it was just us. And I had one PR person. And while Sweden, for example, they had with, with Aphrodite, I think they were 40 people and they all had the same jackets that said Aphrodite and I remember that all the the delegations were so huge and so big but we were a small and tight team and we felt very much like a family and I think it's something that's pretty cute with that and I've seen a clip from from backstage I've seen some rare footage which actually shows that I was running into the stage And people were screaming so much when I came in. It was amazing. You know, you could actually feel the energy. I got so much love from the crowd. It was, it was unbelievable. And also, I was so filled with energy, which you can actually see in the performance. I know that vocally, I can sing so much better, technically. It's not very natural for me to sing Runaway. I think I sing it well now. But by then, it was kind of hard for me to sing Runaway. But, so vocally, I'm a better singer. But when I watched the energy that I was showing to the audience, I think that was what actually touched people together with It Was A Great Song. You came third. Do you mm. think Runaway should have won? No, I don't. Because I feel that the result is chosen by the people. And I would never want to you know, mess with that. And also, I'm so grateful that I ended up in the third place. So no, it wasn't a thought in my mind that I wouldn't be happy about that. And and also, I'm not sure if this is right, but I believe and I, I've heard that it was actually the biggest hit, when hit song of Eurovision that year. It was the most played song. And for me, that's also a big win. Because I think that Latvia, who was the, the winner, she did a great performance. And uh, she was a great artist, but as a, a song that's going to be played on the radio, I think it wasn't as strong as many of the other songs. Yeah, I really agree. Ay, 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 ay. The year after, in 2003, you were mm -hmm. back in the Swedish pre-selection, Melodifestivalen, yes. with yes. the song We're Unbreakable. Yes. On and on and on, because we make each other strong. And 
I have read that you've been offered a lot of songs this year. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so many songs. But the thing is, I love We're Unbreakable. I actually performed it yesterday. And now, in this pandemic period, the lyrics got a whole new depth to them. So yeah. I did perform it yesterday, and that was really precious. I think it's a great pop song, and it didn't make it through. I did hear many years after that it was the song that has had the smallest marginal in the history of Melodifestvalen to eliminate it. Yeah, I think it was like 50 votes uh, between me and the song that actually went to the second chance. 51 <laughs> televotes left. Oh, yeah, that's Hedon. crazy. Nothing can stop me, here I go. Bye-bye, see you never. And I'll do whatever. Nothing can stop me. So if my family had voted two more times each, <laughs> <laughs> I would have pulled it through. But the song itself climbed really high up on the Swedish charts. It was actually a top 10 radio hit, so I, I shouldn't complain about that. Do you remember any of the other songs you have been offered? Oh, that year, you mean? Yeah. No, you know, probably I think I just got to hear them once. And, all, and also, it's also a little bit of a political thing when you sign up with a record label, they want that their writers, you know, it's a song written by their writers. But I did love... Uh, we're unbreakable, and I think it was the best song that I did get offered. But no, I, I don't remember any other songs. Three years later, you were mm? back in the Swedish pre-selection mm? with the disco song, This yes. Woman. A fifth place. I think it was a sixth place. No, maybe it was a fifth. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was a good song, and I think I made a decent performance. Um, sometimes when I get too polished, I don't get through to people as much as I did with Runaway, for example. I don't think it's like this anymore. But by then, if you were like a successful artist, then all of a sudden, the pressure gets much higher and there are so many people who want to be around you and tell you what to wear, how to look, how to dance. And I know that I am own best if I can do it where I can show my personality and deliver the song through that. I'm not a dancer. I shouldn't be put on stage and dance. And I'm also not a schlager diva in the way that Charlotte Perelli is. That I, I come from another place, and if I can't show that, I think it will not shine through. That's that's my theory. Every time when people have tried to make me into like more of a, a doll, then something of the personality goes away. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm right, but I just feel like I've uh, haven't shown enough of who I am, and maybe it has to do with the songs too. My favorite of your songs is from 2009. 
song I know, Pauline sang the demo yes. of. Yes, yes, true. Tell me, how did you and Maria Haukas end up together in Melodifestivalen? The thing is, I love that song. I think it's great. I love Maria too. I think she's she's one of the best singers, I think, from Eurovision ever. So I thought it was a, a nice idea to to put us together. However, I don't think, and I think till this day, that making Killing Me Tenderly as a duet is not a good move. I was offered it to, to do it solo first. And uh, when Christa Björkman presented the idea of doing a, du- a duet with Maria Halkostoren, I was thrilled to be doing a duet with her because I think she's amazing. But I wasn't so sure about the concept of doing a song that is actually written as a solo song to split it and make it to a duet. I would have preferred if it would have been a new song that was more written as a duet. I mean, the song in itself is good and I I think we did a good job with it, but probably it would have been better if that song had been performed by a solo artist. Do you still have your version of the song? I do have my version on my computer somewhere. Can we play it? Yes, I I I think you can. <laughs> yes, you can. It's actually a little bit the key is half a note higher and I'll I'll send it to you. And reason tells me get out while you can. But Because this was my favorite song in this semi-final. Mm. And you finished second to last. Yeah, that was and crazy. in real grown-up English, how the fuck did that happen? There's so many people asking me the same question. And to, to ask with the same language, how the fuck would I know? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I just know that in Melodivis Valen, anything can happen. Bobby Jungren, who is one of the most prominent Swedish Eurovision songwriters, he said, sometimes if you are people's second favorite, then you will end up in one of the last places. Who knows? I thought we did a good job. This was the last time we saw you on the Melodifestivalen scene. Yes. But have you done any, have you sent in some more songs? Yes, I have. The first years after 09, I didn't because I felt a little bit ashamed that I hadn't passed through to the finals. I felt like, you know, I had three chances. I didn't make it. So I felt a little bit, my self-esteem was a bit low. Um, So the first years I didn't send anything in. However, I made some good attempts afterwards and I really want to take the opportunity to say this to all my Eurovision fans because every year I get the question from fans like, please come back to the Eurovision stage. And I feel so bad every time because I can't tell them, to be honest, the door has been closed for me in Sweden. I think it's two reasons. 
One reason is that the songs that I performed didn't do as well as expected in combination with that we had some different opinions about my performance to, to keep it a bit diplomatic. And also in Estonia, the door has been closed for non-Estonian singers for many years, but now that door is open and boy, would I love to go back to Estonia and meet my Estonian audience. So I, I just want to tell you all that I would love to return to the Eurovision stage, but my hands have been a little bit tight there. But can you reveal any songs that you have sent to Melody Festival? And can, can we hear them? Um, they, they are songs that are not, they haven't been released. So there's no songs that you know about. But there are a couple of songs that have been written together with Eurovision winners. And one song was kind of a feministic anthem that we did right after Me Too Revolution. And uh, I did that together with um, one fantastic female producer, one extremely known Swedish writer. When I say writer, I actually mean a writer of books. She's a woman too. And with together with Linnea Deb, who won with Monsieur Heroes and myself. So it, it was actually the first time that was an all-female team in Sweden uh, that sent something in with four prominent female writers. But unfortunately, it didn't. A part of us really wanted to save it for something special. And so I'm not sure that we can play it. But Okay, I understand. But... I know two songs that we can play that you have sent to Melodifestivalen. And we begin with the disco song I'll Rise Again, written by you and Alina Gibson. And produced by Erik Bernholm. Watch out. got this ballad from 2015 written by the late composer of Take Me To Heaven Lars Dille Didriksson and Bernard Lör who was the sound technician of ABBA and Charlie Midnight And make some sense of this No more loneliness You reach my
2016, I know you were backing for Australia. Yes, that's true. Now my heart awakes to the sound of silence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that song. And what a professional delegation. It was the most professional delegation I've ever experienced. Every frame of every picture was gone through so thoroughly and I was blown away by all the professionality and I'm, I feel so blessed to just sit in the viewing room and, and watch the Australian team. Yeah, it was a great experience. Russia uh, we and... ended up in the second place. Yeah, you did. And Russia and Sergei Lazarev were the front runner to win. And I mm -hmm. really, really remember this because it was mm. a very big yes. fan favorite. Yes. Do you have any favorites from the other competitor? I actually, I love the, the winning song. Yeah. Uh, because I thought she poured her whole heart out. <laughs> And then also I love, I think it was a Serbian song. No, was it Serbia or was it Romania? Maybe it was Romania. Uh, she had, she was wearing the chaps. Ah, uh, it was Bulgaria. Bulgaria, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, love was, was a crime. Song. Yeah, sing, sing it for me, sing it a little bit. No, I will yes. not sing it for you, yeah. but I will play it here. They will never break us down. They were really cool. We were partying a lot. We we had a we had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was Bulgaria. Yeah, I like that song. If love was a crime, then we would be criminals, locked up for life. But I'll do the time. If love was a crime, then we would work miracles high above the ground. The last time we saw you on the Eurovision stage was last year in 2019. Yes. Great Britain. Yeah. We ended up kind of lost, which is a drag because it was a beautiful song with a beautiful artist. It's bigger than us. Ooh it's bigger than you and me. I loved that song. I loved our performance. And excuse me for bragging, but when we got out, people were yelling my name. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, Celine. And I was so flattered. I'm like, oh my God, they see me, they remember me. That was also the thing on the red carpet. I was almost a bit, I almost felt a little bit bad for Michael because I got so much attention. I felt good for myself, but also I entered as a backup singer, so I didn't want to steal any shine. But I think that the whole British delegation, they were so generous. They didn't get mad. They were just happy about it. So thank God, because I don't know how I would have felt if I was a lead singer. And somebody would have yelled the name of one of my background vocalists. But he was very generous about it. We met at Euroclub and I believe that Linda Pritchard was with you. Yes. Yeah. She was singing the duet with me. Yeah. Telling me tenderly. The atmosphere in Israel was fantastic. And oh, I yeah. love Tel Aviv. Oh, uh, me too. You know, just by the Mediterranean. The food is amazing. People are nice. I just had the best time. What have happened since? I mean, have you released some new songs, maybe? I released a song in November. 
and uh, it's on Spotify. You can check it up. And uh, since I'm senile right now, I can't even remember the name of the song. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god! Just let me think. Vänta, Jamil, det här är helt sjukt. It's called "You're Just One Story Away," and it's about not giving up on your dreams. And if you want to listen to it, I'd be really happy. And we will play just a 20-second clip here. Yes, please. Cause you're just one story, just one story away from where you wanna be. You're just one story, just one story away from changing your destiny. When you think of giving up, my friend, you're closer than you've ever been. You're just one story away. Can we expect you on the Eurovision stage more times? I've never, I never take things for granted, really. But I really would love for that to happen. Thank you so much for this, Anna. It was fantastic to speak with you. Thank you, Emil. It was a, a joy to be on the podcast. And I want to say to the whole Eurovision family, stay safe, try to stay positive, and we're in this together. And soon... We're going to watch a real Eurovision again next year. And we will be partying like there's no tomorrow. Puss and kram. Puss and kram. Hey, hey. Just run away to the sky.